apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L, call for additional details. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to him, he taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball, hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the poles, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Sports Talk with RNJM, Steve Risser, along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And I'll admit a couple weeks ago, you were right, Justin, about Jonathan Taylor and, and the Colts. I mean, now the Colts on Monday have given uh, have given permission for Taylor to CKH trade. And uh, right now, this is not a good situation for the Colts or, or, John, or Jonathan Taylor. Uh, in my opinion, I still think they should try to keep on to hang on to Taylor because, again, you've got a rookie quarterback who I think should be starting. You've got a young quarterback, and you don't really want to get rid of his best weapon. I know he plays the running back position – but I don't think you really want to get rid of a young quarterback's best weapon. It's not like the Giants who paid a quarterback $40 million. This is a young quarterback. This, this is a really, really, really young quarterback that, 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 that you have here. And uh, you, you don't want that quarterback. You don't, you don't want that quarterback not to have his best offensive weapon. Yeah, absolutely. And because they don't have much behind him right now. I know they have Zach Moss, but he's banged up. Um, and then behind him, you got Deion Jackson, who, rookie or third year at a Duke hasn't had a ton of carries in Evan Hall um, who is a rookie at a Northwestern. So yeah, you, you, you know, you don't have a ton of depth behind Jonathan Taylor at the running back spot. Again, I, I think the Colts are doing this too, where, yeah, he's trying to seek a deal. And I think this is kind of going to prove they're trying to, I think, prove to Jonathan Taylor, like, Hey, you know, it's tough as a running back to get a big long-term contract with a lot of money. Like, He's not going to get McCaffrey like money, 
you know, he should be up, you know. So, like, I, I think that's part of why the Colts may be trying to try to show him, too, that organization, you know, they're not the only organization here that's trying to not pay him or not give him what he wants here. So, it'll be interesting. But, yeah, if you take him away from Anthony Richardson, a young rookie quarterback, and, yeah, it's, you know, that, that, that could be very concerning because, you know, Michael Pittman had a nice year. But the last couple of years, the wide receivers have kind of had some injury concerns, and you always wonder about that. So, yeah, it could be a long year for uh, Indianapolis here. Oh, absolutely, without question. I mean, yeah, I think it's still going to be a tough year for Indianapolis either way, if Taylor plays or not, because they're breaking in a rookie quarterback. But, you know, but, yeah, it'll make it even harder if they don't have Jonathan Taylor. So, yeah, they, 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 it's, it's a really bad situation now. And I honestly, at this point, think Taylor's not going to be a cold. It's not going to be a Colts soon. I think they're going to trade him. But it will be tough for the Colts to trade Taylor because right now the Colts want a first-round pick for him. And it's going to be very – and teams do not want to give up a first-round pick for a running back no matter how good the running back is. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. That's, that's going to be the interesting part of it because I know, like, the Dolphins had maybe some interest there in Dalvin Cook. I know they kind of express it. But, like, I don't know if they go out and go trade a first-round pick. Um, and then, you know, like, some of these teams, yeah, like, you know, they don't value running backs – as much as we know, and yeah, you, you're giving up a first round pick for a running back who, again, is one of the best in the sport, but teams don't really want to do that. So, yeah, you know, and I know they, they look for a first round pick or even like a kind of package of them. And it'd be interesting to see if they could, you know, get a second day, you know, a second or third rounder out of that, out of for Jonathan Taylor. But yeah, if they're looking for that first rounder, I don't know how many teams are going to be willing to give that up because a lot of teams I feel like in Super Bowl that are kind of in contention for Super Bowl. The running back rooms are good enough where it's like, yeah, you added Jonathan Taylor, it's going to make it really, really good. But, like, you don't, you know, like, it, it'll be interesting to see if one of those top teams go after him. Or, you know, I just – I think it's going to be tough for one of those – one of the one of the teams – or for a team to go out there and trade a first round for him. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's going to be yeah, really, really hard, and I don't think the Colts are going to get that. But the biggest, the biggest thing now is, is which teams you think would be best fits for Jonathan Taylor. And I, I got three of them. Number one for me is the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins did not have a good running game last year. I still don't think they have a good running game. And I think this would be a really, really good fit on a team that has a really good roster. But really the biggest hole on that team outside of their offensive, outside of their offensive line is their run, is their running game. Because they're, it's their offensive line because uh, Armstead can't stay healthy, but their running game. Is, is the same is, the same, is is not that good. So I think it would be a really good fit with the Dolphins. Number two, I'll go with the Buffalo Bills. I'll go with the Buffalo Bills. You've seen the issues with we'll get to those the issues with Diggs and Allen. I think that would be a really really good fit for that team. I think that would be a really good fit for them. I I think uh, Buffalo, as we've seen in the past couple of years, they've really struggled to run the football. I think that would be a good fit. I think the uh, the Bills would be a good fit. And then number three, I'll go with the Dallas Cowboys. I think Tony Pollard come off a broken leg. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how he is. If we don't know if he's going to be hundred percent coming into this year. So I think that uh, Jonathan Taylor would be a great fit there as well. Yeah. My theory, I got yeah, same one here is with you as the Dolphins the number one. I know, you know, they really, as you mentioned, yeah, they really showed us that Mike McDaniel come over for the Niners. We know he really wants to establish that run game. Um, you know, you could add a guy like that. I know that it seems like they express some interest there in Cook and Dalvin Cook. I don't know. Uh, you know, if it was a money thing or not, or, you know, I know there's some off the field things going on with them. So I feel like, you know, maybe there's a possibility there they go after them. My second team is the um, the Eagles. I could see Howie Roseman, you know, they, they got a good trio of running backs there, but to go get another clear number one, you know, 
take out some injury concerns. I know I think they got like six or a little bit over six million left in cap space. Um, you know, they could do some restructuring there if they want to get them. We've seen, you know, Roseman could be very aggressive at times. And I, I feel like, you know, that would add Jonathan Taylor to an elite offense there in Philly. And then my third one's the Bears. They still got a lot of money left. They got over 15 million left. They got a running back by committee, committee right now. You know, they got some upside at that position. But again, you add like another star there with Justin Fields. The offensive line should be a little bit better. Um, but adding, you know, they, they really, you know, um, you know, I, I think they're in the NFC North adding Jonathan Taylor, I think would be a nice piece for the Bears who are still, you know, maybe a year away from being a playoff team. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I would really like Taylor with the Bears. Imagine imagine him with Justin Fields. That would yeah. be a really, really good combination. And he's, 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 he plays, played in the Midwest. He's played, he went to Wisconsin in college. That would be a really good fit there. Yeah, it absolutely would. You know, that, it'd be fun to watch him, that offense, um, and the stuff they could do with Jonathan Taylor and, and Justin Fields in the option game. So, yeah, you know, that that would be, that would definitely be a, a very, I think it would be a very nice fit there for Jonathan Taylor if that would happen. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, without a doubt. Now we're going to move on to our next story, and that's the issues with Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. And the Bills did not look good at all, at all in preseason uh, on Saturday night. Three possessions, no points. This Bills team really, really struggled. And yeah, you take. You, you, I don't know if you're going to take if, if this means ever. If this if this is uh, if this is going to mean every. It's the preseason. We know what we know. The preseason, you know, it happens. You could take the preseason with a grain of salt, but still. This this was an issue before the season, no, after the season ended last year, and now it seems to maybe be an issue coming into this season. I'm starting to think. I picked the Bills. I kept saying the Bills were going to win this division. The Bills were going to win this division. If this relationship can't get fixed, they're not going to win this division. And there's rumors out there that he wants to be traded. Yeah, and it wouldn't be the first time that they. You know, I know there's some at the end with Stephon Diggs and the Vikings. I know there are some issues there, so it's not the first time we've seen this from him. Um, but yeah, I, you know, that's actually, you know, I know we'll get to like the five kind of our preseason, um, takeaways and yeah, the Bills offense is one of my, was one of my takeaways and there, yeah, I, I'm very concerned right now. Um, I think they, they've had a fight or two, two during practice so far this camp. Like it just seems like something just off right now with all of them. Yeah. It goes all the way back to the end of the season and yeah, it's something where like, yeah, it is preseason. You kind of take it with a grain of salt. But, yeah, you're starting to get to a point here where it's like, all right, maybe this is a bigger issue than maybe we all thought originally. And, yeah, there there could be some effects here. And, yeah, there, there's, you know, it does definitely open the door here for the Jets, I feel like, to take to win that division if the thing can't get settled sooner rather than later. Oh, it absolutely, absolutely opens up the door for the Jets. Right now, I'm starting to lean. We're going to get our picks next week. But I'm starting to lean. I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced about that the Bills are going to win this division now. I'm starting to lean towards the Jets because of the addition of Dalvin Cook, because of the talent they have on that roster. I know it takes time to put it together. But what Buffalo showed me, I know it's the preseason, but what Buffalo showed me on Saturday night, they showed me that this is a team that, that, that has some issues here. Even on the defensive side of the ball, they gave up 14 points. They got, they got crushed as the Steelers on Saturday night. There's definitely issues there. I'm definitely starting to lean Jets. I won't make my final decision until next week, but I'm definitely starting to lean towards the Jets. Yeah, I am too a little bit. I, I still just worry about the Jets beginning of the season too, where they, you know, that, that tough schedule there is going to be difficult, but even for the Bills, you know, like week two, they got the rears at home. That again, they, they should win that one pretty convincingly. Washington on the road, like with Washington's defense, 
I don't think that's going to be a cupcake for him. You got the Dolphins at home. Ooh. You got Jacksonville out in London. That's a really London. tough schedule early on. You yeah. got Miami. You got the just two division games. And then you got Jacksonville and London. That's going to be a tough game with Trevor Lawrence. It's going to be yeah. very, very – and they play the Giants. I know. All right. They're Giants, probably, yeah, better, night. They're probably better than the Giants, but they got the Giants in week six. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's not – that's not an easy schedule either. So, yeah, it, there's take some time here to figure that situation out there and things don't go well. Yeah, it could be a very rocky start there. And, you know, even, you know, so, yeah, it, it could kind of – go south there. And I know like the bills have kind of had the last couple of years, like a, you know, middle of the season's kind of been where they, they've take, taken a little bit of a dive and they, they usually kind of figure it out by the end. But yeah, you know, this could be something where, yeah, they could get off to a rocky start. And, and if they do, yeah, I think this issue could only get worse. Oh, absolutely. Without question, without question. So we'll see what happens in Buffalo. We'll be monitoring the situation, but right now it looks like there are some issues and, but, we're going to move on to another issue with the top team in the AFC, and that's the that's the Chiefs with Chris Jones. And he has hinted that he is going to hold, he's going to extend his holdout all the way till week eight. And if you look at the Chiefs' schedule, they got to play the Jaguars and they got the Jets two, two of the first four weeks of the season. There's a very, very good chance this team could start two and two. I would not be surprised at all if this team started two and two because they've lost, they've lost a couple, they lost one of their best offensive linemen. They, 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 they lost, they, I mean, I know Juju's not great, but they lost Juju Smith-Schuster. So I know they got number 15 back there, but we saw them in pre I saw them in that week one of the preseason against the Saints and the Saints march right down the field against them. Jacksonville and the Jets are definitely, I think they're both going to put up 30 points if Chris Jones is not there. This is this is a little concerning for this team. And also they got the Chargers. So this is a little, very, a little bit concerning for this team, you know, in um, starting the season. I know they've made the Super Bowl three of the last four years, but – all three of those years, they hosted the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead. There's a good chance if Chris Jones sits out eight weeks, they could be playing that AFC Championship game in Jacksonville. They could be playing that AFC Championship game in Cincinnati. Or they could be playing that AFC Championship game at MetLife Stadium if this continues. Yeah, it's very possible. You know, Mahomes, yeah, it's always they've always been the host there in the AFC Championship game. And even week now, because the Lions evens are so bad, that yeah, they could beat the Lions, but again, you don't have Chris Jones, you know, against that offense. Chris Jones and that Lions offense is going to move the football. I know Jared Goff struggled on the road, but that Lions offense is going to move the football against you if you don't have yeah. Chris Jones. That's going to be a really, really good game opening night. Yeah, like I, I again, I think that's a game the Chiefs will win. But like, yeah, if that offense is out of sync, the Lions could definitely go in there and go knock them off. So yeah, the first couple of weeks, there's definitely some concerns there. And yeah, if he's not there, this team kind of, you know. Especially in this AFC where there's so many great quarterbacks that, yeah, you'd rather have home field uh, advantage in January. And, yeah, if they, if they don't, and Chris Jones holds out to week eight and, you know, comes back for, you know, the game at Denver, um, that'll help. But, look, you know, this AFC, again, because it sounds like Joe Burrow's going to be healthy at the start of the year. We'll see if the Ravens are that secondary. I know there are kind of some concerns there already. But the AFC is – there's kind of some open positions right now, you know, like if Chris Jones oh, yeah. come back and it's, you know, it's kind of going to be up for grabs now. It kind of feels like, but yeah, again, without Chris Jones, without that Pat, you know, cause yeah, they, they really showed the generator pass rush so far in the preseason. And again, we know the defense has been a concern and yeah, you know, again, Patrick Mahomes can kind of, you know, cancel out some of those, um, uh, you know, um, those strolls that defense could have, but, 
it is tough to kind of go ask him every week to go put up 35 points week in and week out. You know, some some weeks you do need your defense to make make a big stand and big moment. And, you know, it, it could definitely be a problem here. Yeah, and especially if it go in the playoffs, um, even maybe not even have that bye either. That's, you know, that that could, you know, could be something too to look out for. Absolutely, 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 absolutely. And, yeah, I think they'll win the division. Honestly, even if Chris yeah. Jones misses half the year, I still think they win the division because they have that Chargers game at home. They got that Broncos game at home. And I just can't trust the Chargers. I can't trust the Chargers anymore. Justin Herbert's not a top-five quarterback. And Brandon Staley is a coach that should not have a job. Okay, let's be honest. I can't trust the Chargers. So I still think they're going to win win that division, even if Chris Jones is out half the year. But let me tell you, if Chris Jones is out half the year, I don't think they're getting, I don't think they're getting the number one seed. No, 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 no. I'll, 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 I'll go back on that. I think because of their division not being as good, I still think they get the number one seed, but they don't have as good of a chance to get the number one seed. Yeah, I don't think they will either. You know, I, I the Bengals have a chance, you know, but again, their division's so much tougher that their they might drop the, best the game in football. Yeah, the team yeah. that actually might have an outside shot at that if the Chiefs don't get the number one seed is the Jacksonville Jaguars, but they have their mm-hmm. own line issues, but they got Trevor Lawrence and they got three rebuilding teams in their division. <laughs> Yeah, that no, that could be six free victories right there for him. So yeah, yeah, I, again, that's a good one. That that very possible Jacksonville could sneak in there and, and take that number one spot up for grabs. Um, so yeah, you know that again. Yeah, the, I do believe I I agree with you. The Chargers again. I thought the Chargers should have fired Staley and gone out and gone gone out and gone gone uh, Sean Payton, but they decided to stick with Staley. So yeah, I'm with you. You know, they should be able to kind of cruise through that division because yeah, I do have concerns about that Broncos team right now. So. Yeah, they should win the division, but yeah, it's not going to be as comfortable as I think maybe people thought going in. And yeah, we'll, we'll see. Again, Chiefs, they're going to be right there. We'll kind of, you know, Andy Reid's such a phenomenal coach. They're often to score points, but yeah, that defense there in January, it could be a problem. We'll be you know, going on the road in the AFC Championship game and you're not playing in Arrowhead Stadium. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll move on to Tampa. We'll move down to Tampa, and we'll move and we'll talk about Baker being named the starting quarterback. This is pretty obvious. I think this was kind of obvious. I didn't think Kyle Strask was really going to get this job. I thought when they signed Baker that he was going to get the job. And this is the last chance for Baker. This is it. This is it. If Baker can't get it done here, he's done. This is his third opportunity. He had a, obviously he had his time with the Browns. He had a chance last year in Carolina. He failed there. If he fails here, it, it's over. It's over for him. So he's got to get the job done. It's his third chance. Most guys, those quarterbacks don't get a third chance in this league. Most quarterbacks get two chances, and that's it. But with him being the number one overall pick, he's going to get a third shot. This is it. If he doesn't get it done here, it's over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's you know, it it, it will be for him. Um, you know, and we kind of know what he is. You know, he's not. He's okay. He's you know, he got the Browns to a playoff. You know, a couple years ago, but yeah, you know, again, Tampa. It's not going to be great. Um, I was kind of interesting to see if this thing was like if between um Baker and Kyle. Trask, if this it was it was close. I, I figured maybe Tampa Bay would have gone with Kyle Trask, see what they got in him, because you know what Baker's going to be, or we already know what Baker Mayfield is, but they end up giving to Baker. They got some weapons offensively, you know, like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin say healthy. That's kind of a question mark. Problem but, is their offensive line's not as good, and their running yeah. game is terrible. Yeah, and that's that's a problem. I feel like Baker. Needs that running game. Baker absolutely needs a running game. You saw, you saw what the one year he had success in Cleveland. The one year he got to the playoffs, uh, Nick Chubb had a huge year. He Baker absolutely needs a running game to be successful. Yeah, so that's you know that that's kind of concerning. Again, in that division, yeah, maybe they could find a way to sneak in six, seven, eight wins. But 
I, I don't see it. Yeah, that offensive line, I think, is going to struggle yet again. And, you know, we'll see if the – I just – I don't know if Godwin and Evans could stay healthy for 17 games. I just – I think it's a tough ass. So, yeah. I wonder if some point, too, they just – halfway through the year, they're kind of out of it. They just give us Kyle Trice. say, here, you know, show us if you can be, be the quarterback. Oh, that very easily could happen. They could be like one and set, two and seven, two and six in the middle of the season, say, and just give the and, and hand trash the reins. I, I could very, very easily seeing that see 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 that happen because at, at this point, if they're if they're if they're bad, they're probably thinking about drafting a quarterback, and and they're probably just gonna if the Baker's not good, they'll just they'll see what Trask has, and they're really that's what makes the most sense. Start Baker and then go to Trask because I feel like you can't really. Start Trask and then go to Baker because yeah. you don't want because you don't know how Baker's gonna would have handled being benched. Yeah, yeah, you don't. We we don't. So yeah, it'll be interesting. And yeah, I agree. You know, if yeah, things go south quickly, which it, it which it could with that, you know, with with the roster right now. Um, yeah, I, I could see things that were yeah, Trask comes in middle of the year, takes over, and see yeah, because there's some good quarterback coming out in this class. So you know, it's always, it's always a risk taking a you know quarterback in the draft. It always is, but. You know, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if Tampa does that and see if they give, you know, I think Kyle Trash definitely has a chance to uh, try to show Tampa Bay that if, you know, he could he could be a guy, the guy eventually, if, yeah, things don't pan out here for Baker this year. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Now we're going to go to our top five takeaways from week two of the preseason. And I'll start with, start with mine. And number one for me, to me, the Steelers are going to be a playoff team. The Steelers are going to be a playoff team. I really like – I know the Bills have their issues on offense. I'll get to that. But I really like the way their defense played. And their offense has been really, really good this this preseason. Kenny Pickett has looked really, really good. It seems like every time they've had the ball, they've scored. And I like seeing that. I think their offense is definitely going to be improved. you got George Pickens in year two. You've got Kenny Pickett in year two. And you got Mike Tomlin, who has never had a losing season in his career. you got the talent. you got the coaching. I feel like you got the quarterback. I'm telling you, I, the Steelers, to me – are going to be a playoff team. They're they are going to go to the playoffs this year. I mean, they made the playoffs two years ago with a washed-up Big Ben. Last year, they almost made the playoffs with Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett as a rookie. I think this year the Steelers – I think it's safe to say the Steelers are going to be a playoff team this year. Number two, the Diggs-Allen situation, as we said earlier, could very easily affect the Bills. Three possessions on Saturday, no points. This situation – I, I, I wasn't. I didn't buy into it. I felt like the Bills were going to handle this. They'll be able to handle it. I don't think the situation is fixed, and I think this is this is this could be a problem that could, that could definitely linger on during the season. I definitely think it's going to be a problem for uh, this. Could be this very easily could be a problem for the Bills. Number three, Jackson Smith DeJigba has a chance to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, and here's why: with the Seahawks having two really good receivers and the better corners being on those receivers, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. That's going to open up things for Smith and Jigba. He's going to be on a lot of number, probably number two or number three corners. So I think he's going to exploit that. I really like the play he had on Saturday night, that the long, the, the reception he had on Saturday night. He averaged over almost 20 yards of reception uh, in, in the pre in the, in the preseason game on Saturday. I know that he's hurt, but with what I've seen from Smith and Jigba, uh, I, I think that, I think that he has a very, very good chance to win offensive rookie of the year. Number four, Will Anderson is my defensive rookie of the year. I, I know I'm doing it off one play, but that one play impressed me so much. The way he, he came in on block, went right through the running back and took down Skylar Thompson. I'm telling you, to me, Will Anderson is going to have a good year. And for me, he is going to be the defensive rookie of the year. He's my pick for defensive rookie of the year. And number five, I hate to say this as a Giants fan, Sam Howell looked – I know it was against a bunch of backups for the Ravens, 
But Sam Howell looked pretty good. He looked pretty good on uh, on, on Monday night. I was impressed with the way Sam Howell looked. I was impressed with the way Washington's offense looked. It may not look this way all year long, but Sam Howell, it looks like he has a chance. He has a chance. He has a chance to be the guy in Washington. Huge opportunity this year for Sam Howell. But from what I've seen Monday night, it looks like he might have a chance to be the guy in Washington. Justin, your five takeaways. Yeah, I'll start number one. The, the one you just ended on with Sam Howell. Yeah, I was very, um, you know, I was very impressed with the way he, he played, you know. Again, he was supposed to be the top pick last year. I know he had a little bit of a down year in uh, 2021 there and, you know, fell all the way to the fifth round. Like this guy, you know, like this was kind of the guy that everybody thought was going to be the first overall pick. You know, again, you know, that third and 15 that he um, that he had there, you know, the same, I believe the second quarter, um, you know, I thought the toughness was there. Um, you know, I, I thought I, – I think for Washington, yeah, there's definitely a sign of optimism that you have found your you, – you have found a starting quarterback that's capable and going to be here for, you know, hopefully the next long while. Yeah, you know, again, it gets a Raven second teamers, a lot, you know, some of it. But, again, I, I was just impressed with the way he looked. And, again, right now, things for Washington, you know, after the deal, after Snyder sold it, you know, you kind of – things are looking a little bit brighter in the nation's capital now with that team. Yeah, and then um, one more question uh, before you get to number two. How surprised were you that Sam Howell played this way? And do you think he can keep – watch him play in North Carolina, you think he can keep Washington in playoff contention this year? I think he can in that NFC. Now, that division's going to be tough, you know, and and I, and I because, you know, when we kind of talk about football later, you know, Phil Longo, who was his OC in North Carolina, is kind of an air raid. And we've seen at times that some of these air raid quarterbacks have had kind of somewhat of a – have struggled to a sense moving more to a traditional kind of pro style offense. And, you know, I think maybe having the year off or kind of the year where he kind of sat and watched most of it, I think helped them. And then I think Airbnb be enemy coming in too, where some of the same stuff that he, you know, saw kind of maybe North Carolina enemies maybe put in in Washington, that's helping him out too. Cause I think Airbnb is a very good offensive coordinator. And I think he's, He's gonna put the. He's gonna have the playbook that's gonna most most help um, Sam Howell have success, and I think we're gonna see that. So yeah, I think there's a chance. I don't know if they're gonna watch him to make the playoffs, but I, I think it's a team that could sneak around and, and could be in playoff contention up till you know week 17, week 18. I, I think they they could. Oh, oh, absolutely, and and, and yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll 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 see what happens. We'll we'll definitely see what happens. Uh, with Sam Howell and and yeah, I mean, but and then the big thing I think too is is we'll know how good the enemy is after this year. If he could if he could have a big year with Sam Howell with with the, with the, in this situation in Washington, that means he should definitely definitely be a head coach. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I think there's a very good chance that things don't go well in Washington this year. I, I think he's a head coach and waiting for the commander. So yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's why he probably left Kansas City to kind of show like, hey, it's not all, you know. Any Reed and Patrick Mahomes are great, but like I'm doing my own thing and I could kind of, you know, I can have a successful offense deal myself and not, you know, kind of get some more credit than he's gotten at Kansas City. So, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think if he has a good year um, and somehow looks really good, that offense looks a lot better than it has for a while. You know, I, I think he absolutely uh, going to be head coach next season. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so uh, number two. Um, yeah. My second one, I'm with you with the Bills. I, Again, I took away two. You know, you mentioned that yeah, they did not score two of their three drives were um, three and outs. They had 13 penalties and 21 in the first two games. Like the discipline's not there either. Like, yeah, it's preseason. And yeah, as we mentioned a little bit ago, I, I 
starting to get more and more concerned with this offense as time goes on. And we, we looked at the schedule and it's not very favorable there to start out early on. So yeah, I'm a little bit worried right now about the Buffalo bills and, and that team, they really got to clean up. They got to clean up quickly. My third one, you know, the only one that you had as well here was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the team the Bills face. Yeah, I really, you know, Kenny Pickett, you've seen the growth in him. Yeah, Mike Tomlin, that defense, they're going to be really good defensively like they usually are. That's going to be a tough division. I could see them making the playoffs. I think they're going to be better than the Browns now. I wasn't for sure certain on that before, the, you know, before preseason, but now I feel like they will be. Yeah, I think the Steelers – you know, could definitely with that offense, the way they've looked, yeah, I could see because I feel like you got to get 10 wins and make the AFC playoffs. And I think that Steelers team could get to 10 wins, even in that division. Um, my fourth one was the Panthers O line. I'm, oh, I, I know bad. I mentioned it last week about that is Bryce bad. Young. Yeah. I, again, Bryce Young weighs 180. He's going to get himself, he's going to get killed. Yeah, out but there they have, he has O-line. to play. He, he has to play. I, I know he does. Play. I know. Wright has to scheme stuff up to get rid of the ball. Get, get the ball out of his hands quick. He's got to play. You have no shot to do anything with Andy Dalton. You've got to see what you got. You got to play Bryce Young. Let him learn this year. I know that that team's not oh, making yeah. the playoff. Let him learn this year. Yeah, no, and I completely agree. Like you do have to play him. I'm kind of saying like I don't know if he's going to make all 17 games. I really don't because he's going to go up guys that are 250 pounds bigger than him. Yeah. They're going to be hitting him. So yeah, yeah. I am very concerned, and you know, I saw this from uh, the next gen stats. You know, Young was pressured on 20 percent of his dropbacks in the preseason over and 42 percent of the time on friday night it's you know it's going to be i very concerned about the panthers old liner now and they got to figure that yeah the Wright's got to figure out some you know schemes and stuff up to help him out because it's going to be a long year for bryce young and that and that carolina team if he's got no protection at all and then going to the number two overall pick to kind of finish things off here i thought cj Stroud. um I like the improvement that I saw. I thought he looked a lot more comfortable the other night against the Dolphins. And I, I think, you know, he looked um, a bit better than he did against the Patriots. I know the Patriots kind of threw some stuff at him that probably hasn't seen much at, at all in college. So, um, again, I know, you know, they didn't do a ton. Um, but I, what I saw from CJ Todd, I thought it was a little better than it was week one. So I, I did see the growth and improvement a little bit. So I think it's a good sign for the Texans right now. It definitely is. It absolutely is. But we got week zero of the college football season starting up this Saturday. But before we talk about that, we're going to hear from our friends at JPEG Financial and Shamrock Home Inspections. Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEG's Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. 
There's no There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All righty, we got weeks, week zero of the college football season that kicks off this week. And we start with a matchup in Ireland between Notre Dame and Navy. Uh, I think this is a game, I think this is, is going to be a, a pretty comfortable win for Notre Dame. I know Navy, they run the ball. They may stay in the game early, but eventually I think Navy will turn the ball over a couple times. I think Sam Hartman has a couple touchdown passes. And I think Notre Dame starts the year off with a win. They start the year off 1-0, beating Navy 34-13. to But Justin... What does Navy have to do to pull the upset against Notre Dame? You know, for Navy, again, it's kind of the story all the time with them. They're going to run the triple option. They're going to, they, you know, they want to play an offensive um, possession type game, keeping keeping the other team off, offense off the field. That's the way they're going to try to do it. Um, it could be because Navy's going to have a couple more wrinkles this year. It sounds like they may go a little bit more shotgun this year. Um, they're going to try to, they're going to be more of a, you know, they're going to try to push the ball to the edges a little bit more than they have the last couple of years. Cause that's, you know, cause Ken Nino on to a Lolo is gone. You know, they fired him. They, he was an offensive guy, but they're kind of, they're not going to run the fullback dive as much. Like they're still going to run the fullback dives and all that, but they're going to try to get more of the outside. And, you know, it's going to be interesting because with some of the new blocking rules too, like you can't really cut block. Like that was huge for Navy. Like those are like that, you know, you know, those, those are big for them. So I, I think they've kind of struggled, but they got to, the possession wise, um, their defense should be pretty good. Like this is the most um, returning starters they've had since like 1990. Like they're, they're going to be better. They're going to be a bull team, but I just, they played Nordine tough last year, but again, you got Nordine breaking in Sam Hartman, a new quarterback, you know, you got it. Brian new, new Barry, new Navy head coaches. It has been defense coordinator the last couple of years. So there is some familiarity there. Um, and uh, you know, I, I think Navy too. They're going to play a couple quarterbacks. They don't. They don't have a number one at the moment. Um, and that I think is going to be a problem. Or they did in Ted, um, Ted Ross Gilton, but he had to go to summer school because his grades didn't match. And that's when Navy practices during the summer, so he missed a lot of summer camp. And which so he kind of was the starter going in, but now because of that, probably will not see a lot of time. He may play a little bit, but probably won't be much. So. For Navy, I think they're struggle offensively, but they got to get breaks. They gotta, they got, they gotta get a couple of breaks, a turnover or two. Um, I think it's to be difficult. They played them tough in the second half last year, but I don't think Navy. I think they'll keep it closer a bit, but yeah, I don't think they have enough to beat the Irish. Now, what's the addition of Sam Hartman at quarterback? Do you think ND can be a playoff team, a team that can make the college foot, the CFP, the college football playoff? With Sam Hartman, you look at the schedule. They got they got to play Ohio State. They got to go to Clemson. They got USC. I just don't see them beating all three of those teams. I think it's going to be tougher than to beat two of the, two of the three teams. I don't think they are. But do you think they could be a playoff team 
with Sam Hartman as their quarterback? It's gonna be difficult. I think there's an outside chance. Yeah, they could they could get there. Um, but yeah, I don't. Again, Ohio State. I was very surprised the way they played them last year. Um, they they did a really good job. USC. You know, I know we'll get to USC, but their schedule. I, I think it kind of starts with that Notre Dame week. USC's got a tough kind of schedule. Um, and again, the USC's defense. I I can't bank on USC defense. So again, I could see Sam Hartman having a huge day. And yeah, being at home, I could see them upsetting them. And yeah, going to Clemson, that's going to be a revenge game for him. So, same arms played a lot against Clemson. You know, um, he's had some good games against them, but you know, I, I think it's going to be difficult for him. So, I could see that team going nine and three, ten and two at the most. But yeah, I don't see that team upsetting two of the three of you mentioned of Ohio State, USC, and Clemson. I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be tougher. It'll be tougher than but. I think they're definitely going to have a better season because they have. I think they have a really, really good quarterback in Sam Hartman. So now moving to the SEC, and we all know the three, the big three coming into this season in the SEC. You obviously have Bama and Georgia, but with the quarterback, with Daniels returning for LSU, uh, Brian, and Brian Kelly having a great first year for LSU, that's, that's definitely a team that should make some noise in this conference again this year. But the big question is, is, is there another team outside of those three that could win the conference? And for me, that team is Tennessee. And the big reason for me is they got the Georgia game at home. Say they lose because really, the, I think they play like three ranked teams. And I mean, two, two of them are Georgia and Alabama. They got Alabama on the road. All right. If they lose that one. It's, a, it's not a division game, but they have Georgia at home. And if they could somehow, somehow pull off a huge upset against Georgia in, in, in Knoxville, they would go to the S, probably go to the SEC championship game and probably play Alabama again. So if the, for me, if there's a team outside of those three that can win the SEC, it's Tennessee. Yeah, I'm with you with the Vols as well. I, you know, I think that, again, that defense is going to be great, but I expect it to be a little bit better. I believe they got seven guys coming back on the defensive side and, of the ball. And, and don't forget, they got an experienced quarterback coming back. They got an experienced quarterback in yeah. Joe Milton, and you saw his performance in the in the uh, Orange Bowl against Clemson. That was a really good performance. Yeah, it was. He played really well, you know, but you know, couldn't get it done in Michigan and was the starter – Going back to 2022, but got it, got, you know, the, the interceptions there. Like the thing with him is like the accuracy. Can he not turn the football over? That's kind of the big thing there for him. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I'm with, you know, three of the top four wide receivers are coming back. Um, you know, they're often going to be very explosive. They, you know, the other SC West team, they got to play is AM, but I think they should knock them off. Um, you know, I again, Florida. I am very concerned about the Gator. I'm very concerned about the Gators right now and the future of Florida football. I just, with that, you know, with Georgia and Tennessee kind of taking off, and with Mike Norvell at Florida State, I, I you know, kind of worry about Billy Napier and the Gators. So, I think Tennessee right now. I think they are kind of them in Georgia. You know, Georgia's on like the top top tier. Of course, you know, balls are on the next kind of level behind, and then it's like the other five in that division. So. Yeah, I'm with you there. Joe Milton with that arm he's got. If you could kind of um, protect the football, I think the Vols, you know, outside of the top three, I think have the best shot to win win the conference. Now we'll go to the Big Ten, and we'll start with Harbaugh's suspension. I think that was kind of a slap on the wrist. It's not really that big of a deal. He's got he's not going to coaching he's not going to coaching games against ECU, UNLV, and Bowling Green. Three easy wins. He won't coach in either of those three games. That's not a big deal. But the big question is, we look at the Big Ten. Is there anybody outside of Michigan and Ohio State that can win this conference? And I looked at it. I looked at two teams. Obviously, my team in Penn State and Wisconsin. 
And I think the big difference between the between the two teams is is all of Wisconsin's big games are at home. The game against Iowa, they play two ranked teams. Their game against Iowa, that's at home. The game against Ohio State, that's at home. So say they lose to Ohio State and uh, that that's their only loss in conference, and they go, then they, they they would have a shot to, to beat them in the Big Ten championship game. You look at Penn State; they have to play Michigan, and Ohio State. I understand Franklin plays Harbaugh really, really tough at, at Happy Valley. Harbaugh does have trouble at Happy Valley. He he won there close in 2021, but Penn State was seven and five. He went to the college football playoffs, so he has a lot of trouble in Happy Valley. So, so I but here's the issue with Penn State: you look at Penn State's first two Big Ten games; those are t- those are tough games. That Illinois game on the 16th is, is a is a sneaky tough game with Brett Bielema. Brett Bielema, you saw last year, he's changing the culture there. He's definitely changing. He almost beat Michigan last year. He's changing the culture. That's going to not be an easy game. Especially Drew Aller playing on the road in the Big Ten. That's not going to be an easy game in the opener. And then they play Iowa, a team that – and Kirk Ferentz, we know how much Kirk Ferentz gives Penn State fits. He owns Penn State. He Kirk Ferentz is great against Penn State. So, I, I, when I look at the two teams, the team that I think outside of – Michigan, Ohio State, that could win the Big Ten is Wisconsin. They got the running back going, coming back, and they got the favorable schedule. Yeah, I agree with you that those two, Penn State and Wisconsin, you know, uh, I think I was probably going to be the whiteout game. If you look, I, I think so. Usually they do pretty good in the whiteout game. Yeah. You know, that would be a CBS one, too, which is weird. Big Ten on CBS this year. Uh, that'll take some getting used to. But, yeah, Drew Aller coming in, he's supposed to be kind of – again, Sean Clifford was a very good quarterback. He could not get Penn State to the next level. That's – Drew Allers is supposed to be that guy. I know Jane Franklin struggled in the big game, but you know I said it last week. I think this is the year Penn State wants to kind of beat, you know, go seven and one with or eight and one with uh, Ohio State and Michigan. I think this is the year for them. I love them offensively on the offensive defensive line. I think they're going to be right there with Michigan, and Ohio State at that talent level. Which I think, again, if they could stay healthy, I know they've had some injury concerns the last couple of years up front, but if they could stay healthy. Um, that's gonna be huge, and they got a great running back room too. And Nick, uh, uh, Nicholas Singletary and um, uh, Karen Island. So, um, I, I think Penn State's gonna be right there with them. You know, they might lose the tiebreaker because I think it goes if if it is Ohio State, Michigan, they have a tiebreaker with. I think it goes to whoever you played out of the West who has the best record, and that's probably gonna get Ohio, that's probably gonna be Ohio State, it's probably gonna get in because they play Wisconsin. So, they might lose that tiebreaker there, um, but, you know, you worry about that at, at that moment if they get there. And then, yeah, with Wisconsin, too, it's going to be a different Wisconsin. They're going to run. They're calling it the dairy raid. Yeah, Phil Longo, the old North Carolina OC is coming in. Tanner Mordecai, I had a terrific career so far. He had nine touchdowns last year in a game against Houston. Luke they're Fickles the, had a lot of success. Luke Fickles yeah. had a lot of success, too. Yes, you know, and I think that's why that offense, because there's a lot of guys back, but I think, you know, Luke Fickle is going to do a um, really good job make sure that offense is kind of tailored to them. Because I go back to 2020 North Carolina when they had Michael Carter and Javante Williams, and they just ran the ball. They both had it over 1,000 yards, and I think that's what they're going to do. They're going to spread you out, but they're going to run the football. It'll be interesting in November how, how Wisconsin up there at home, or even the Big Ten West in general, how how they do in those conditions in November. Um but Wisconsin's be a different team now offensively. And I think Wisconsin's gonna run away with the West. And again, they're gonna be able to spread out Ohio State. And maybe they keep that game close. I could see it because they show Michigan. Michigan's bullied them around. Can Wisconsin do the same? I think they got the personnel, but you know, I don't know if they got the talent yet to do it. 
yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And yeah, Penn State is definitely the more talented team. And yeah, but I, I do think, say they wind up in a three-way tie, Penn State, uh, Ohio State, and Michigan, Penn State might end up having that, uh, winning that tiebreaker. Because I think Iowa and Illinois might be the two, two of the top three teams in the West. Yeah. Yeah. No, they they absolutely could. I, I could see it. Yeah. You mentioned Illinois. Um, Brett Bielma's done an unbelievable job with that program. Turned around so quickly. He's recruiting pretty well, as, you know, for Illinois too. So, yeah, you know, I could see Illinois kind of – they got Wisconsin at home, and which, which helps. They got Nebraska at home, I believe, as well. And I think out of the East, they got, you know, Penn State, but that's at home. Um, Indiana and at Maryland, which Maryland will be tough on the road, but it, it's a game Illinois can win. So, yeah, I, I could see it where Illinois and Iowa can make some noise this, this year. And, and Iowa, too, Brian Ferentz, the OC, he's got to – they got to put up 25 points a game or he's fired. So, Iowa's Absolutely. offense has got to put up some points this year. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So it should be interesting to see what happens in the Big Ten. We'll move over to the Pac-12. And the big question going into the Pac-12 season is, is should USC, with Caleb Williams being back and him and Lincoln Riley being together in year two, should they be the favorite to win the Pac-12? And I think they should. I think they should because I I know I play at Notre Dame, but I do like their schedule in the Pac-12. They host Washington. They host Utah. The only really tough road game is, is Oregon. That's the only really tough road game they have on that schedule. So they host, they host Washington, they host Utah. So I do think USC, and I know I'm a US, I was a USC guy all year. You weren't, and you, and you got me last year in the championship game. So, uh, but for me, I'm still riding the USC train with Caleb Williams. I think they should be the favorite to win the PAC 12. They should. Can they tackle anybody this year? Cause that had to be one of the (laughs) worst tackling teams I think I've ever seen. (laughs) I like, they were so bad in that area, which yeah, I do worry. I don't know. Like, they should be on paper, but I don't know. Like, I know you talked about their schedules. It is favorable, but it's all at the end of the year. I'm like, they got Nordine on the road in mid-October. The next week they got at Utah. You have Cal on the road. Which Cal played them tough last year. Like, they, that game they should win, but it be tough. And then you end with Washington at home, at Oregon, and then you host UCLA to end it. Again, I could see a couple – and they have an early bye. Their bye is September 16th. It's week three. Like, I, I worry about USC. I don't know if they'll get the, – I think on paper they should be, but I don't – I won't be shocked if they don't get there because, again, if Cam Rising was healthy, I'd say no. I'd say Utah, and, I, and I, I'll get to my kind of dark horse a team that could, could win it. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if USC is not in the, in the Pac-12 championship game. Their offense would be great, yes, but, again, with those teams late in the year where they haven't had a bye – Injuries, could you ask Caleb Williams to put up 50 points a game week in and week out? I I don't know if I don't know if they'll be able to do it. I, I do worry about them towards the end there. I don't know, you know, I just I can't till I see it from the defensive side of the ball, I can't trust the Trojans. I can't. Wow, wow, wow. And who is your dark horse to win the Pac 12? I got the Beavers of Oregon State. Yeah, 18, they're number 18 in the country. Yeah. I love that Damian Martinez is one of the most underrated backs in the country. As a freshman, he had over 1,000 yards. Jonathan Smith is one of the most underrated coaches in the country. He's done a great job. All-time lean passer over in State, and, you know, he, he's done a great job of uh, rebuilding this program. And, again, with everybody leaving the Pac-12, I think I think Jonathan Smith is going to have that team fired up. Like, hey, let's let's stick it to the rest of the conference here. And DJ, we get one, you know, DJ's coming in, transfer from Clemson. If he could, because Oregon State, that whole offensive line is coming back. They were great at running the ball last year. Their problem was they could not throw it. If DJ just come in, 
it just just be okay not turn the ball over not make a ton of mistakes you know man you know do a little bit more than manage the game again I, I think the beavers could not could win this conference you know their defense you know um uh, breaking a whole new secondary you know that's my worry because if you look at the pac 12 there's some there. This is going to be such a fun league with all the great quarterbacks they have in this conference. Like this is probably going to be one of the funnest leagues in the country this year. There's going to be a lot of points scored. I do worry about that secondary a little bit, but I I I'm gonna go with the Beavers. I like the way they played last year at the end. They they really played well against USC last year. They they did a really nice job of getting pressure after uh, Caleb Williams. They avoid USC this year. I think the Beavers could surprise some folks and win the Pac-12, the final Pac, more than likely the final Pac. Pac-12 season. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would definitely be a surprise that happens. Now, moving on to the Big 12. Uh, the big question here is Texas, obviously the favorite to win the conference. They got Xavier Worthy. You got Quinn Ewers coming back. Should they be the favorite to win the conference? Oh yeah, it's a, It will be a huge disappointment, I think, if Texas really? is not wow. the conference champion. They they by far have the most talent in this league. Like if you look at the unit rankings, I they're they're one across the board. They're number one. Like they, there's no they. If if um, what's his name? Steve Harkis does not win this thing. Fire. I, there's, I don't know if they'll fire. I think you know they go like nine and four, ten and three. I don't know if they fire him, but I think it raised a lot of eyebrows going the to or SEC. Like, hey, we didn't win one this year. We're probably not winning one with him in the SEC. Not at all. Um, not at all. Not at all. No, I love their offensive line. I love their defensive line. It should be great, and they bring back. Everybody in the offense besides B. John Robinson. Like, this and, offense is going to be very good. And that's a team that almost beat Alabama last year. Yeah. They, they probably should have if a couple yeah. of calls didn't go against them. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll have their rematch week, too. But it sounds like Quinn Ewers has grown up. It seems like he's more poised this year. It seems like the maturity level's better. So, we'll see. I know we talked about it last week. I until I see it from Texas, I cannot go with the Texas back thing. But it'd be a disappointment if this team doesn't win. They, they're by far have the most because I don't. I do worry about Oklahoma. I think they'll be better, but I have I have some concerns there. So Texas should win this thing. So who is your who is your dark horse in the Big Twelve? You told me last week you like Texas Tech. Are they probably your dark horse in the Big Twelve? Yeah, I, yeah. Everybody back on offense. Year two under Andrew um, Cutley, their offense coordinator, who was with Bailey Zappi at Western Kentucky, um, you know, where he put up that monster season, you know, and then was with Bailey Zappi as well when they when they were together at Houston Baptist. So year two under that system, they got all 11 guys coming back. You know, they avoid Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, you know, and they get Kansas State at home this year. They got 15 super seniors, which I, you know, with that – those guys have played a lot of football and the old line should be better this year. Um, look, you know, it's, they got some tough road games, but I think if things break their way, you know, they got some last year as well. I, I think tech could do it. I really like um, the squad that they got and we're going to see them week two against Oregon. They're coming to Lubbock. So that's, that's going to be a heck of a matchup there uh, Saturday night in week two. You're probably excited to watch that one. Yeah, that'd be, yeah, that'd be a good one. That, that should be a fun one. That should be a lot of points scored in that one. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll move on. We'll wrap up talking about the ACC. And uh, the, the big question here is, is, is there any team outside of FSU, uh, UNC, and Clemson that could uh, that 
that, that could win this conference. And I say absolutely not because I think this is the worst conference in the Power Five. And there isn't even a ranked team outside of those three. Yeah. I'm like, I, Pitt, I think, could. But my problem is their offense. Like, they're old school. They're going to run the football. They're going to run a lot of the eye, ace formation stuff. And Phil Dracovic, um reuniting with his old um, office coordinator at Boston College, Frank uh, Signetti. So I, I think Phil Dracovic, he say, say healthy. I think Pitt could be pretty good. That you know that everybody in the defensive side of the ball is coming back besides their defensive line. Um, but they Pittsburgh always develops great defensive linemen. I think they'll be able to do that. They've been so good at putting pressure on the quarterback. I think they they could. Um, you know, I believe that they um, or they had and they have North Carolina Forest State at home and they avoid Clemson. So. I think you know. I think Pitt could have an outside shot, but like I'm not, I'm not banking on it. Like if I had to pick one, it would be Pittsburgh. Yeah, to me, there's really no no other team. And for and who do you think wins out of those out of these three teams? Florida State, Clemson, and UNC. Who do you think wins the conference? I think it's definitely going to be Clemson because I like the fact that their big games are all at home. They play Florida State at home, and they play and they play you and they play uh, UNC at home. Their, their big games are at home, so, and so I, I'm going to take Clemson to win the conference. Yeah, I'm with you. I got tired this year. I think Florida State's gonna, you know, Florida State's gonna be really good. But yeah, that being that that game being at home, um, and the Seminoles, I think they'll be able to take care of business. I like how we cause he because um Dabble is kind of like Bill Belichick, where he kind of he likes his coaching staff to be within the family. Like he he likes to kind of promote guys within. And he went out and he got Lincoln Riley's younger brother, Garrett Riley, who was the office coordinator at TCU last year. So I expect that offense to be a lot better this year. Their offensive line should be back, you know, up towards like an elite level like they were, you know, when they had Trevor Lawrence and all those guys. So I ex- – and their defensive line is going to be great. I expect, um, I expect Kate Kublik to take that next step this year. You know, behind them they don't have much depth. So, like, if he gets hurt or something, yeah, I kind of ha- have some concerns there. They got uh, – I think the backup right now is – uh. Bear Bryant's uh, great grandson and Paul Tyson, so that that might be the heck of a things get dicey there for Clemson. But yeah, I expect the Tigers to win this thing, and yeah, Florida State's got a chance. North Carolina, I could see, but like like USC, could they stop anybody? That's that's my issue. I don't know if they, I don't know if they're defensively they're going to be able, to, you know, um, I think their defense is going to lose them a couple games. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we are now going to give our. Final four for the college football playoff. I'll start with mine. Uh, the number one seed in the SEC champion, I think, is going to be Georgia. I think they're going to get the number one seed, and they're going to win the SEC. Number number two, my number two seed is going to be Michigan. I think Michigan wins the Big Ten. I think with Corum back, with McCarthy back, and and uh, and they are and they get Ohio State at home. So I think they win the Big Ten. Uh, number th- number three for me is going to be Alabama. I do think Alabama goes undefeated throughout the season, but I do think they lose the SEC title game to Georgia. Uh, number four, this was a tough one, but I'm going with USC. I'm going with Caleb Williams to lead the Trojans to the college football playoff. He was close last year, lost it, lost the Pac 12 championship game, but I think he is going to lead the USC. It was tough between them and Clemson, it's tough between them and Clemson, but Clemson, yeah, they play some big games on, on at, at home, but I think they might slip up in one of those games, and I think they could slip up in that last game against South Carolina. So I am going to go with the USC Trojans. I'm going to go with the Trojans as a, as my number four team in the college football playoffs. So my my top four are uh, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, USC. 
I like it. You know, you, Alabama, I could see, uh, you know, Alabama, USC, USC is the one. Like, yeah, I could see him in there. I just, I got to see him play defense first. I got to see it. Um, but my four, so I got a couple kind of the same that you start out with, with here. I got Georgia winning the SEC championship game, going undefeated yet again, getting the one seed. Number two, I got Michigan as well. I think they beat Ohio State again because I think Michigan's built to beat Ohio State. They're not built to win a national exactly. championship, but they're built to beat Ohio State. I think they do it yet again. Um, number three for me, I got the Clemson Tigers getting back in the college football playoff. Um, I think they do run the table this year. I think they do beat Florida State at home. I think they get them twice, you know, because I think they'll play again in the ACC championship game. I think they'll knock them off yet again. And then my fourth one, I got the Buckeyes sneaking. I think they go 11-1, and I think they find a way because I don't that, – that, that, that Notre Dame game is big for them on the road. That yeah. Notre Dame game is big because if they could win that, they could lose to Michigan and still get in. If they lose it, they're done. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. If they go on the road – be Notre Dame yet again. I think that could go a long way um, for them in the end there. And yeah, because I don't, because I think Texas wins a Big Twelve. I I think they got to slip up once or twice in there. I you know my thoughts on USC. I don't think they're gonna win it, and I don't think and I think Utah is gonna win the Pac-12. But Cam Rising gonna be healthy the Florida game, and they're playing Baylor week two. And I don't, they could lose that Baylor. So I think that could already put you Utah out of the conversation. So. That's why I think in the second Big Ten team gets in yet again in, in the uh, in the Ohio State Buckeyes. I think they get another chance with Georgia. That again, Marvin Harrison going up against them would be awesome. And maybe this time around, uh, Ohio State to be able to to knock off the uh, the King College Football last couple years. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now for, for for the championship, I'm gonna go with Georgia over USC in the semi, Alabama over Michigan, and then I don't think it happened. I don't think Georgia beats them again. I don't think they three P. I think Alabama. Beats Georgia in the national championship game, in the national title game, and Nick Saban gets ring number eight. Going back with Saban, this would be the year when everybody's kind of down on them. They're kind of, hey, Georgia, look at Georgia. This this is the year you usually kind of see Saban. Uh, his teams are ready to go, so I would not be shocked if, if they get back there in the national spot. You know, another national title for him, and would cement his legacy for the few out there that are kind of like, eh, you know. I'll stop he's and stop. He's, he's the yeah. greatest college coach of all time. Oh, yeah. He absolutely far none. Is. Far none. Absolutely. Far none. He's the greatest no, college yeah. coach of all time. He absolutely is. And for, for me, I got I got the Buckeyes knocking off Georgia. I think I, wow. I'm going to Ohio State. I think they they find a way this year. You know, they were they close last revenge. year. They, they get yep, their revenge. I think they get it. Yeah, I, I think they do. And then I got Clemson knocking off um, Michigan. I, I think Clemson gets back to the national championship game. Wow, and Clemson. And Ohio State, yeah, where you going? There. And I got the Buckeyes. I'll take the Buckeyes. I know quarterback's a question, but again, when's the last time we've seen Ohio State quarterback not do well? Exactly. And if their quarterback is good, I think they have a very good chance of winning it all. Because that's the big question yeah. mark. It's a the quarterback. They're, they're loaded at the skill positions. If the quarterback's good, I think they have a very good chance of winning it all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I absolutely agree with you. They got so many loaded wide receivers. Like you can go, They got four or five guys you deep and then – then they got two great running backs in mind, Williamson and Trevon Henderson. Like they, they got a, such a great offense. And I think this is the year. I don't think Georgia's good. I think Georgia's as good as they, you know, not as good as they've been. You know, I like I don't think there's that elite, elite team this year. And I, I think, you know, Ohio State finds a way to finally get back there and um, you know, get 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 a national trophy and get some pressure off of Ryan Day. Exactly. Because this Ryan Day being fired is a little ridiculous. He's been to the college yeah. football playoff. Th uh, three of the four, three of the four years he's been a head coach. Can we stop it? Ryan Day needs to be fired. He, he's yeah. not Urban Meyer, but 
but there are very, very few college coaches are Urban Meyer. Ryan Day is a, still a very, very good college football coach, and there should not be talk about him being fine. I completely agree with you. I know the Mich- I know it's tough when you're losing to Michigan and after you Yeah, but they talked but then the Michigan yeah. fans talked about that about Harbaugh early on about how he should go after he lost to Ohio State and then he beats Ohio State two in a row and they want to keep him forever now. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, you just gotta keep win a couple there for Ryan Day. And yeah. I don't know if they'll beat him this year because it's in Ann Arbor, but yeah, look, I, I think he'll make up for it if he can win a national championship. Um and I, I think this is the year with Marvin Harrison, if he could stay healthy this year, yeah, I, I think Ohio State Ryan Day. I, I'm with you. I think it's ridiculous that guys, people want him out and people want him fired. I, I think it's nonsense, but hey, that that's college football. That, with some of those fan bases, they 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 don't like losing. Exactly, 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 exactly. So we'll see. Very interesting college football season coming up, and it all starts on Saturday in Ireland with Notre Dame and Navy. But we're gonna wrap the show talking about the Red Sox, and yeah, I know the Red Sox with the Yankees, but. The last two nights, they lost to the Astros, and they're still not in a very good spot right now. They're five games out of the wild card spot, and uh, looking at their schedule coming up, look, looking at their next, look at their next eight games. I would, I honestly don't think they're going to win more than three of them because this team, since the All Star break, has really, really struggled beating good teams. They lost two out of three to Seattle. They lost two out of three to the Giants. They got, uh, did they lose two out of three? Yeah, they lost two out of three to the Giants. They got swept to Toronto. They've already lost two to Houston. I'm telling you, this team just with seeing what they did at the trade deadline, they can't in the second half of the year, they can't be good teams. I mean, they're not playing the Yankees every every game. Okay. I know they've been great against the Yankees this year. They're not playing them every game. They're playing teams that are a lot better than the Yankees, and they need to step this up, or they're this season is going to be over before they know it, before the before the middle of Jan before the middle of September, if they don't start playing better and start or start playing better against good teams. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, they beat up on the Yankees, which Again, everybody's doing that now <laughs> these days, you know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, Devers had a great weekend against which he always does against the Yankees. And then, you know, last night he had a huge error, um, you know, had a tough night Monday. I think he had another error Monday night. You know, like he's had a rough series. And, you know, you could see Core with some frustration last night. Him and, oh, him yeah. and Verlander kind of went at it, you know. I'm telling you, if, if, they, if they collapse, like say they end up 500 and they finish and, and they don't fire high and bloom, if I'm Alex Cora, I'm looking for another managerial job. Honestly, I don't trust this G. I would not trust this GM to, to build a championship team for me. If they, they if they collapse, if they, if they keep losing, this continues. Uh, I, if I'm Alex Cora, I'm, I'm trying to get out of there, honestly. Yeah. Because he's, yeah, he, should that, be, yeah. he should be, he should be, he should be, man. He's a good, he's a top 10 manager, oh. even top five manager in the game. He should be managing teams that are right around 500. Yeah, no, he, he shouldn't. And I know a fan base a little bit south that would love to have him. I know it would never happen in the Bronx. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. The man exactly. just dead, this team. But, yeah. Oh, uh, that's Yankees. But, yeah, I know that won't happen. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, you know, I, because I, you know, I wonder what him and his relationship is with Heimblum. You know, like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Great. I don't think it's great. I can't imagine. I, I can't imagine, even though they were, he was, you know, I, I can't imagine it is, but yeah, like this Red Sox team, you got the Dodgers weekend who I think the Dodgers since like 2020, the month of August are like 81 oh, and 22. That's going to be something. a it's brutal. Crazy like that. That's yeah. going to be a brutal series this weekend. This is a brutal. We said this is, we're going to show what the Red Sox are made of in this stretch. And right now it hasn't started very well because they're 0-2. Thank God for yeah. their sake. They won on Sunday. 
because they'd be even in, they'd be even they'd be in even more trouble if they didn't win on Sunday. So, th- but this is the stretch. We said sixteen of their next nineteen games are against really good teams. You got the uh, seven games with the Astros. You already lost two of them. Then you got then you got three with the Dodgers. You got a. Uh, you got th- three at Tampa, and then you then you host Orioles. Baltimore for three games. So you're playing playoff teams right now. You're you, th- th- this is the time where you got to show: Are you a contending team? Are you a team that could that could contend for a championship? And I I thought with what they did at the trade deadline, they definitely are not, and they're proving me right in these first two games. Yeah, against yeah absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. They showed they went three for eighteen running scoring position Monday night. Last night they were it was not great again. Last night they struggled yet again with running scoring position. So. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so far they've struggled. And again, they blew. You know, they had a three nothing lead to jump off the bat there. Yeah, on and then like, packs and packs and blows it. The packs and just gives yeah, it right back. Rough. Yeah, he and struggled. And that's the problem with this on, team. They just don't yeah. have enough pitching. Yeah, on four days rest, his ERA is like doubled, I believe, than what he's getting on five days rest. So that's kind of been the concern so far with him. Is kind of he needs that fifth day, but you're kind of at a point where. You, you need him to go out there every four, four or five, you know, four days, you know, depending on the schedule to go make a start. So, you know, that, that's that been a little bit of concern there for him. So, yeah, you know, and look, they got sailing them out tonight. Like tonight is a game where Yukiti has, Jose Yukiti's not been great, you know, lately. Uh, his last year against the, the Angels was pretty good. He went five innings, only gave up one run and struck out seven. But there's a game tonight with Sale, your ace on the mound. You got to try to win one. You got to try to win this one. So, you know, yeah, for, for Boston, yeah, they but, can turn around today, but yeah, but here's the thing about Chris Sale. He's not pitching like he didn't pitch like an ace last no. time. No, he didn't. And that's a concern. And you hope that, you know, because the velocity, I believe, was down too, which is a little bit of a you know worry, but again, maybe because it's it's you know, he's still mate working his way back. You hope that the velocity kind of continues to get up there. But yeah, it, again, I just think with core last night and I, I think there's some frustration now where I think he knows this thing's going to kind of get out of control here very quickly if they can't find a way to win a series, you know, if they can, uh, you know, beat Houston here. That He, he knows going home against the Dodgers where it's going to be emotional kind of series with Mookie Betts coming back to Boston for the first time. Um, and they face Lance Lynn Monday night, who, again, no surprise, has been awesome with the Dodgers. Of course, they turned him back into the Lance Lynn a couple years ago. Oh, so. Friday, you, mean, you mean you mean Friday night? Friday night, yeah, Friday night, yeah. Lingo. So and, it, and let me tell and let me tell you, Mookie Betts better be getting cheered. Better be getting cheered oh, on, on 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 Friday night because that would be a disgrace to that fan base if they boo Mookie if they boo Mookie Betts because you know what it's 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 not you know it's not you know Mookie's fault the Red Sox didn't give him what he should have got. You know, it's not their fault. High and it's not their fault. High and Bloom is cheap. He should be getting cheered. He should be getting cheered on Friday. Yeah, no, he absolutely should. You know, I, I think he will. I, 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 I think I think Red Sox fans are at a point where they can't stand Hein Bloom, and they, they, they all wanted Mookie back. And I think they'll, I think they'll, Mookie will get a big uh, applause. And unfortunately, I know JD Martinez won't be. I know he just won the IL yesterday, so I know he won't be available this weekend. But yeah, yeah you know, I, I think he'll get a big kind of standing ovation there. His first at bat, at bat back in Boston, and. Yeah, I, I think um, you know, like this weekend they got to try to take out a two out of three from the Dodgers. I just the way yeah, the Dodgers are playing oh, right now, that's not happening. They'll be lucky to win a game. They'll be lucky to win a game maybe, with the Dodgers. They, 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 maybe they, they Sunday because it's Mitch uh, Mitch Grove. I think it's going Sunday, so that may be okay. the one you get. Yeah, you might get the Sunday game, but you know, you look at Crawford against Lynn. I think the Dodgers win that one. Paxton against Urias. I think the Dodgers win that one. And then you look at these next. What do you say? 
who uh, Urias has pitched a lot, oh, yeah. a lot better of late. Exactly. And, and then you look at the games on uh, Wednesday and Thursday. You look at Sale against Urquidy, and then you look at Bellow against France. I think they might win one of those. I'm telling you, they're, they'll be lucky to win. Uh, uh, their next five, they'll be lucky to win two of them. Lucky to win two of them. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think they get one of these two here in Houston. I, I, you know, JB France has been really good, you know, for Houston. He's had a really nice rookie year for him in the back end of the right rotation. And yeah, Friday, Saturday will be two tough ones. You're going to have to beat uh, Mitch Grove on Sunday. And that's kind of the one you're, you, you, you know, you got a good shot of winning. And how, you know, settled in after kind of a rough start there, but wasn't great. They're going to need him to pitch well on Sunday. So yeah, I'm with you. They, you know, it, they, they, I think they can get two out of the next five, but yeah, it's gonna be very difficult. And then you got Houston coming back back to town, uh, very you know next week. And yeah, that, that's gonna be another tough tough series for them. It absolutely will. It absolutely will. So that's gonna wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ for Justin Nafio. I'm Steve Risser. We are back next week doing our NFL season preview. So definitely make sure you tune in for that. And we will be previewing Week One of the co- of the college football season. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to him. He taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three. He's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not. They're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. My name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.